So here we are, 10 days away from the first bounce of the ball in anger for the Collingwood Football Club. Yes, we've seen the preseason games, and let's be honest, we can take or leave them. Uh, and realistically, if you're anything like me, you've left a lot of it in the past, especially this past weekend. I'm the Mighty T. Joining me tonight, I have gone critical to discuss everything Collingwood this week. GC, how are you, mate? Um, I'm well. I'm well and 10 days to go, so we're getting a bit excited, but a little bit pensive at the same time. A little bit pensive at the same time, looking looking, uh, looking warily over the shoulder at that Bulldogs game we just left behind. Um, we also have joining us as usual, Magpie Girl. How are you, Magpie Girl? I am terrific, thanks, Mighty T, and I'm very excited about the football about to start. Oh, yeah, well, I, I think I think we're all excited, but I think that the one thing that seeped in um, to our to our fair forum and to the hearts of a few Collingwood supporters would have been a little bit of apprehension. Um, GC, you were at the game like me. You 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 paid your hard earned to go and see that display. What were your thoughts, um, and, and and what do you take out of it? Well, well, my first thought is I hope that's not representative of what we present for the year because I hope that was our sort of Fremantle match a week early. Um, you know, I, I think the, the just the absence of any real uh, answer from the coaches when when we struggled, I was. I, at quarter time, I thought, all right, we're going to do something now. We're going to, but it just by quarter by quarter, nothing happened, and we just seemed to almost lie down and let them have their way with us. It was, uh, it was kind of disturbing. But the other the disturbing thing was that they were. It wasn't just simple things. It wasn't just mistakes we were making. They were comprehensively better, mm-hmm. um, and, and we didn't. We didn't even look. We didn't even look amongst it. Yes, yeah. They look bigger, stronger, and better skilled. They, they really. Yeah, it was. You were just waiting for us to sort of put something out there to say, "Look, this is what we've got." Actually, that was a bit of a misnomer. The last two quarters, we can do better than that. But we didn't really. Apart from that, there was a brief bit in the third quarter where we looked okay. We kicked about three goals, I think. But apart from that, we really didn't. We didn't come back at them, which I didn't like. I think the thing is, I mean, there's there's always going to be talk about it being pre-season and, and taking things easy. Um, but I never think it's good to go into round one uh, very flat-footed. Um, and, and, and we really did look we really did look like we were on, on the back hook for most of the game. There was nothing – I can't even – it's going to sound bad, but I can't even see a positive to take out of the game, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I'd say I, – I saw three small ones, I think. I saw – I thought Marley Williams was much more like his self of two thirteen. Yep. Um, I thought Adam Oxley just looked. Frank, his his form from the week before. Um, he he's much closer to the twenty two than I think he was a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, and I thought Ramsey Ramsey in the same way. Not necessarily I'd even have either of them necessarily in the twenty two, but they, at least they showed a little bit of something. But everyone else, I don't think anyone else uh, showed us anything. Oh, look, I like Ramsey. I like Oxley. I like what what pissed me off more than anything else was the fact that you know I didn't see Gold for three quarters, and mm. and when he came on, he was impressive. Like he, he almost seemed like he single handedly was making a little bit of a difference, but there just wasn't enough, you know, delivery into him to actually see him make an impact. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean they weren't interested in putting the best team out there? They really just wanted to give everybody a bit of a run. As horrible as it was to look at. Well, you, I mean, if that, if, I'd love that to be the answer, and it's. I think it's possible that they really didn't go all out to win it, and maybe they were doing things that we don't 
uh, privy to. But, oh, you know, it's hard to see a football match where you, you, you think how much advantage can be to keep all your cards hidden when you're being comprehensively outplayed. It just doesn't look good and it can't be good for confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, I don't think that our club is at the level where we have the experience and the confidence in the players that can just, you know, flick the proverbial switch and come round one, just turn it on and be a dominating strong side. Because realistically, the team we played this past weekend is a bottom four side. Mm. And the Lions are probably a bottom five or a bottom six side. So we should go up to Brisbane with a level of confidence, despite what happened at the end of last year, right, that I don't think is there. And, and, and we should be going up there expecting a win. And I can't see how the players, well, or at least the supporting staff, so, so the supporter base, can be expected to expect a win um, given the performances we've seen so far. Mm. Yeah. The other, the other thing that disturbed me a little bit was I, I, the guys on the edge of the team, who the, the Sinclairs, the Fasolos, um, and a few of those guys I thought, well, this is your chance to, to cement, you know, you've got, you've got 24 blokes here today. All you have to do is play well and you, you're, in the, you're in for the first round and then mm. you've got a spot. And uh, I was surprised how many of them just didn't give a yelp. You would have thought that given um, Carnesis' absence from the game, because he was dropped, um, yeah. I'm guessing given his performance against Carlton, he was dropped, because, again, you know, that wasn't a great performance by him. Mm. You would think that a few of them would turn around and say, okay, hang on, we've got to, we've got to really pull our fingers out here. I thought, I thought Adams was okay. He was typical in his, his use of the ball, but at least he was um, ambitious. He got a lot of it and, and, and seemed to work hard. But you're you're right. When you talk about again the Sinclairs, the Fasolos, the logjam of small defenders we have, um, no one really staked their claim, you know, strongly to say right, I am in round one. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say Marley did. I thought Marley was better than most of them, but I think you're right with the other ones. And uh, it's just, uh, I think this as supporters, it's really hard to take anything much out of that game. And I hope we can just say, look back in a few weeks and say, look, we're much actually playing much better than that. So whatever happened on that night wasn't important because it was a practice match. Yeah. But at the moment, you've got, we're looking at it and saying, well, is that representative of us? Because if it is, we're in a bit of trouble. Mm. A deflating performance, but something to, to that uh, that will lift us up a little bit um, was a fairly decent win. Uh, this afternoon uh, from the uh, the VFL team in a practice match, 100 and where are we? 118 point winners. Um, positives out of the match: Broomhead with 31 touches and three goals. Darcy Moore playing his second game in Collingwood colours. Um, have you had a chance to look through the the result yet, GC? Uh, look, I've just briefly. I, I, I and I was watching the scores a little bit earlier on. I saw Carnesis got three goals early. Mm. Um, I saw Abbott got got a, a few early. But I, I don't know the full extent of it. But I, if if Carnesis kicked a few, Broomhead has has obviously starred, albeit in an easy win. I mean, I would have thought that they're the guys lining up on the to say we will take some of the spots from you fellas last week, and um, they you know they they put themselves in the slot now to maybe get a game in round one. I think the most positive sign for me was seeing the return of uh, of Big Wits after watching. Uh, our ruck division get manhandled uh, on the weekend. Um, I think his presence uh, has been sorely missed. Um, is he clearly the number one ruckman in your eyes? Uh, based on last year's form, you know, I mean, 
the guy's had a shoulder operation and is only coming back. So I think we can't we can't judge him on anything he's put forward. So it's good to see him back. But yeah, absolutely. And last year he he established himself as number one, and I think it's Grundy's job to take it off him. I thought Grundy in the first half of the Carlton match looked really strong, and then he got injured. But uh, then against Footscray, he was um, he was just uh, just ordinary, wasn't he? And uh, looked like a young ruckman against an experienced ruckman. So. If Wits, Wits, if Wits is fit, I think he should be picked as our, our ruckman. And I think the other thing he can do is, just at the end of last year, he showed an ability to clunk a few marks. And if if that if he can come on with that, he's going to be a uh, have a have a bigger year. Well, I think I think I think the most pleasing aspect, um, uh, as I said, is is we, we've got we've gotten out of this game, no injuries. Um, Dugowie's ended up playing another game. I think he had. 17 disposals, six clearances from what I read. Uh, the other pleasing thing is having Darcy Moore play his second game. Obviously, a lot of expectation on him. Um, do you find it a little bit disappointing that he's playing or starting thus far and uh, not playing his trade-up forward given the lack of tall forwards you really have? Hello? Um, you know, well, I, 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 I sort of expected him to start back because um, he did... In the VFL game last year, which which I saw him in, and I thought he was an impressive-looking kid in that game, he stayed back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm a I love key forwards, so I'd hope he's going to be developed in that area. But uh, you know, I I don't I think with Galt and um, and uh, Cloak down there and and Jesse White, maybe you know a season or two or starting developing as a backman is not a bad move. That I, that won't hurt him. I, he can go forward later. I would have thought. Well, looking forward, uh, we have our first game of the season to look forward to. Uh, the Lions, the untouchable Lions, as they came to be known in uh, last October's trade period. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start, let's get the elephant out, in the room out of the way first. Dane Beams, um, what, will, what, will it be, what will it mean to us, to, you know, to the boys to come out and play against you know, their premiership winning teammate, given all the circumstances, all the water that's gone under the bridge, you know, whatever the, the issues were, is it going to be a big issue and how big is the loss for us uh, first and foremost? I think the loss is 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 huge as far as his quality as a player is very hard to replace. I mean, he's one of the top 10 to 20 mids in the competition. So we don't get a direct as good replacement. But, you know, we... Uh, it's, well, we've lost Greenwood at the moment, but if Greenwood's up and going and Dugowie and Crisp, it's, it's not a bad compensation, but in the short term, uh, it's going to be very hard to watch him play. And God, I hope he doesn't play well against us. I think uh, that'll make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is going to be challenging to watch him uh, to, to watch him suit up in, uh, in another set of colours. But look, it, I, th- I, th- I think we, uh, we, we're going to be in for a challenging game. Um, the Lions certainly took it to us in the last year. I may have said earlier on that you know we are we sh- we should be going up there with a degree of confidence, but I'm not sure if we have that, and I'm not sure we've we've got the right to have that um, at the moment. I look at the Lions list; they have an impressive midfield, um, one that I think could be compared to almost any of the better midfields in the competition: Rich, Redden, Rockliffe, Beams. Uh, and 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 you can just keep going down. They're, they're very talented, and very deep there. What they lack is uh, bookends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely everything else. They don't have 
in my opinion, a quality ruckman. Uh, Lewenberg is a bit of a potato. Um, you've got the other the other boy, Stefan Martin, who whilst was pretty impressive last year, at the end of the day, he's more of a tweener than he is a genuine ruckman. And then their forward stocks uh, are two guys uh, by the name of Michael Close and Jonathan Freeman, who have played 20 games between them. It's not exactly the makings of a premiership list thus far. So we should be able to go up there with some confidence that we can exploit those weaknesses. But I have concern that our coaching staff will be able to do that effectively. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, until last week, I would have been pretty bullish about going out there and saying, look, I think we should expect a good performance and we should, we, I think we should, we've got more than they've got either. So I would have been confident, but I agree that we just, you know, you can't, unless they've hidden something from us, what, where were we last week and what's our plan? I'm one that does believe it's hard to really decipher game plans without having all the inside knowledge, but we just looked last week like all the bad things from 2014. So you've just got to hope that's an aberration because that's the thing that knocks your confidence. Before that, I thought, you know, we're going to improve. We should be better. And hopefully Bucks and the team has have worked in the summer to produce a coherent plan. And I think the other thing with our game plan is it will be different once we have everyone in and everyone going. And I think once Pendlebury, Swan, Cloak and that are at full bore, that's when we'll find it out. But I hope I hope last week was just an aberration. I think we're all on the same page there. I think we're all uh, we're all certainly praying for a bit of performance um, in in nine or ten days' time. Now the thing is, though, we look at we look at the last couple of games, and you know we were just pointed that no one had really put their hand up and announced themselves as saying, right, well, I'm a genuine starter. And we mentioned Marley Williams as one that really had shown a bit. But in terms of the new boys in the fringe, who do you think will actually make the best 22 come round one? Of the guys on the – look, uh, I, I still think Jordan Degui is a on, – on his performance, I, I, I'd like to see him – he just looks ready to me, and while it's no great tragedy if he doesn't play because he's got plenty of time, obviously, I just I'd love to see him come in because we're excited to see him play. Um, and then I think out of the guys who didn't play last week, I think Carnesis or Broomhead will get a spot. And who do you leave out? Well, Greenwood's got to come out, um, and um, Varco's. Farco's a hard one to pick because he looked terrible, but I think I'd give him a game. Crisp I'd like to see play. It's just that there's so many guys that are a little bit borderline, but um, if I had to pick one bloke I'd love to see play is Degui. Uh Well, for me in round one, there are a couple of names that, that I think really have to stand out, especially given who the opposition are um, and uh, from a team balance perspective. I think Oxley definitely comes into consideration now. I think he's shown enough. Um, enough, to, enough to enough to suggest that he can he can certainly play a role. Um, Reed's absence makes Frost a must-have. Always was probably going to be in the team anyway, but he's certainly very important. The other fringe guy that I've got in as a guarantee is for Solo. Um, he has to play forward, and we have to expect the fact that being a small to medium forward, he is going to have inconsistent games. But 
considering the opposition, considering his talent level, he's definitely got to be in the side. Um, the only other one that I'd add is Carnezes. And uh, I, it's with no real confidence uh, in terms of what he's shown that, thus far, but I think his potential, the way I've got our forward line or our best forward line setting up is with Fasolo, Cloak, Carnezes, Elliot, White, and then probably looking at a resting midfielder or a resting ruckman like Galt. Okay. Is he allowed to play, Galt? Is he eligible? Galt has been elevated, hasn't he? Well, it hasn't been announced as far as I but but you would think that that he's the one in the box seat to be elevated. They've got a spot there for him. So if they want to play him, they can elevate him, definitely. The, the McAffer spot's there. Yeah. I haven't th- heard that they've officially announced it, but I would expect they will this week. And and I've got I've got to think that, you know, with Wits probably not ready for round one, Grundy's not going to ruck by himself. White will spend some minutes in the ruck, and I think we still need to have a two-pronged forward line. Yeah. So Galt's got, Galt's got to give Cloak the chop out there. Yeah, I think Galt, you're absolutely right. Galt has to play if Wits isn't ready because we need, we can't just go in with one ruckman and White and then White and uh, Cloak as our two forwards. You, you need another tall. And, and, and I agree with Carnesis. So Carnesis, the other thing with Carnesis is you might just think that his Collingwood debut against Brisbane might really be a spur because he looks like a kid that almost needs a a real jab to get him going, perhaps, and uh, it could be a real a real spur for him. Oh, look, I've spoken about this uh, this at length with a few friends. It, it, the, the the spur for him should be the fact that if he's not cracking a senior game this year, he probably doesn't have a future in football, and that's something that you know really should hit home with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it should with, with with a lot of players getting to his age with this many AFL games. I mean, this is it's make or break for him. Um, same boat for for a guy like Sinclair. Um, Ramsey's probably got a little bit more in the tank because he's a bit younger. But you know, but the, you're right because there's going to be a, at the end of the year there's going to be a list, and I'd put I'd put Ramsey in there, and I'd put Josh Thomas in there. Yep. And I'd put even Fasolo could be in there. There's a lot of them that you don't want to be the. Last man standing without a seat, you know. Yeah, I think I think a few of us would have had lines through a couple of players that have already shown us a little bit. I mean, I for one would have said that Oxley would have been on that table given his age, uh, and even someone like Dwyer. But you know, Dwyer performed well in the VFL, and he has got AFL credits in the bank. Is he best for the cl- for the club in the future? Well, no, given his age. But in the immediate future, if we're you know in in the in the, in the race for a finals run, why wouldn't you consider giving him a mm. bit of playing time? So, um, Clinton Young will be in that list too, I think. Well, Clinton, Clinton Young almost almost has to, to sign a bottoms out contract or go. The, the the money that we free up from from him leaving is is probably uh, more important than his contribution so far to the club. I mean, it, it sounds really bad, but I'm trying to think of a great Clinton Young game for Collingwood, and you know, it, it, it's a struggle. Mm. You know, and I don't like I don't like hanging hanging shit on players because they haven't performed well, but. It's been a failed investment. The unfortunate thing is that you know, and we keep having these recurring discussions on the board about Nathan Buckley and the discussions and the decisions made by the coaching staff during his tenure. When you look at the recycled players we've brought in, it gives the haters plenty of ammunition to turn around and say, "Well, none of them have worked out." Mm-hmm. So my hope is that we can get uh, we can get a, a little bit a little bit of Clinton Young this year. Won't obviously be for the first round, but. Yeah, we've we've got to see we've got to see a bit of a different different look to the side come round one. 
uh, and we're going to see a little bit more, uh, a little bit more enthusiasm. So the, the, we, we talked about it at, at length. Guys like Adams really need to step up this year. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Young need to step up. Yeah, yeah, young kids need to step up. It goes back to the, the Maxwell speech from the Copeland last year. You know, looking at all the, you know, looking at the few specific individuals and saying, you know, your time is now. You've got to step up. Mm. I know we're a couple of weeks out, but uh, any any final thoughts? on the game and, and what our expectations are. Oh, look, one final thought I've got just on what you said before there about our recycled pickups. I think you can't look at them in isolation because there was a necessity to pick up some experience when we offload experience and all the, the doors, the Thomases, yep. the uh, Shaws and all that, we picked up young kids or draft picks in replacement. So we had to go and get some, and they were all cheap backup players you know, your, your Clinton Youngs and that. So I don't think it's a failed necessarily. We'd like them to have done better, but mm. that was that was a necessity to pick up guys like that, I think. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And look, as I said, I, I, I look, I can understand why people have been critical of the players that have been picked up in light of other moves and trades that have been made. However, I can understand why we've made those decisions. Essentially, it's addition by subtraction. We've maximised our return for certain players and we fill gaps where we can. Mm. And and by virtue of that, we've ended up with you know, seven first-round draft picks in three years um, and, and, and jump-started our rebuild without bottoming out completely. That's That's been great yeah. for us. So, um, the, so the benefit will come. I mean, the, the win will come if those early draft picks turn out to be great players and then we'll say, all right, that policy worked. That's right. It won't matter that Clinton Young and that didn't really do that much. Yeah, it's just a short... Build a gap. It's just a shame that in the short term, uh, you know, supporters can't see the dividends and uh, the the forest through the trees. With that in mind, um, I I think we'll see a positive result against the Lions. I'm not amazingly confident, but I have a feeling, you know, we could very easily go 3-0 to start the year. Brisbane, Adelaide here, and then St Kilda. Um, and that really does set up our season. I think 11, 12 wins gets you into the eight this year. So if you go 3 0, let's go 5 0 and just knock out Essendon and Carlton. Essendon and Carlton. Yeah, I think that would be then perfect. <laughs> that'd be a beautiful start. As long as, as long as we didn't end up on the bottom of the ladder like we did, I think, in the early 2000s after going 5 0. That's right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I think we'll be going all right. Um, I think that's all we've got time for at the moment. Uh, what we'll try to do is have a quick discussion. Uh, well, we'll try to organise our, our next podcast before round two, so we will be off for a little while. Um, but uh, Mighty T, one other thing. Were we going to do a quick cheerio to our uh, prolific poster? Ah, yes. I believe we've got a milestone coming up on our on our board. I believe we're, we're approaching Trade Dust's 50,000th 50, official post. Uh, which is which is incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm, what's the current count on GC? We have a, a round finger. Or uh, uh, someone said 140 to go, but that was 10 minutes ago, so it could be down to 90 by now. I've, I've just. He's on 49,344. He's having a very busy night. So <laughs> right. By, by the next podcast in two weeks' time, uh, he should have reached that mark. I, I, I trust that uh, I trust that it'll reach that mark. We might see him get a, a TD special, get his uh, a TD rant back on the podcast, yes. and uh, yes. maybe a little celebration as well. Great idea, great TD. Great, great job, TD. Keep 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 him coming, mate. We uh, we love we love having you around. 
Well, another cheerio to Rachel Vic. We're uh, we're thinking of you, mate, and hope you're doing okay. Yes, absolutely. No, well said, guys. Feel better soon, mate. Uh, thanks again for coming on Magpie Girl. I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate your commitment to, to organising me. Unfortunately, I've been a little bit wayward this week. Thanks, Marty, too. <laughs> and gone critical. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks. So hopefully the next time we're talking with happy voices. With, with happy voices sitting in the top eight of the AFL ladder. This is the Mighty T signing out. Mm-hmm.